This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. He's still with us, isn't he? Gareth Southgate. Shortly before Christmas, after a meeting with the FA, he's decided to continue as England manager to take us towards the European Championships of 2024 in Germany. So for those that asked what I'd do about the intro if he was to resign, well, I need not worry for a little while longer. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to 2023. I hope you've had a pleasant and restful break. And if you're like me, chances are you've broken those resolutions already. But hopefully you've got some England merch paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it, uh, over the at the Christmas period. Now, 2023, many of us will be following England away in this coming year. Some for the first time, many of us for the umpteenth time. So whether you're new to following England or a seasoned pro, you'll want to know what's in the calendar and where to go. Now, I started by doing this episode as a video Something that I'm not really accustomed to. And it got to the point where it was too long for what I hoped would be something short and sweet. So back to what I know best. Coming up, I will tell you what games have been announced and how you can go about getting tickets if it's unfamiliar to you. Plus also, I will pay my own tribute to George Cohen, England's World Cup winner, who recently passed away. Now, as of the time of this recording, the England senior men have nine fixtures in the calendar. First up is the UEFA European Championships qualifying match away to Italy on Thursday the 23rd of March. This is to be played in the southern Italian city of Naples at the Stadio Diego Amado Maradona or in old money, the Stadio San Paolo. Home to Serie A side Napoli. It's a ground that England have played at only once before. Take yourself back to the World Cup of 1990 and the quarter-final against Cameroon. It is a bowl of a stadium, one with a running track around it. And depending on where you sit, you might get a view of Mount Vesuvius in the distance. It's a stadium with an all-seated capacity of, and depending where you read, between 54,726 and 60,240. Now, under UEFA rules guidance, the home nation are supposed to offer a minimum of 5% of the stadium capacity to the visiting nation. So with that in mind... An away allocation for England fans could be somewhere in the region of 2,736 to 3,012. Although it is worth noting that the away section of the stadium holds 2,482. 
Tickets as yet are not available and the costs of them are yet unknown. But it's a rough guide and it is very rough. When England played in Milan in September last year, tickets were £9.50. Now, I know there are a few England fans organising coaches from various locations to head down to Naples for this one. Drop me a note and I'll point you in the right direction. But off the top of my head, I think there is one going from Rome and Block 109 are doing one from Bari. Now, Sunday the 26th of March, England face Ukraine. It is our first home match of the year and it takes place at Wembley Stadium. With Ukraine the opponents in another European Championships qualifier, this being a Sunday may affect people's thoughts on going to the game. Now, according to the FA, this is a scheduled 5pm kickoff, which at least gives those coming from outside of the home counties a little bit more time to return home at a vaguely reasonable hour before having to, I don't know, return to work or school the following day. Of course, Wembley is England's national stadium. It's located in the northwest of London, accessible by various London underground and overground lines. And at the time of recording, tickets, they are on general sale now for this fixture. You want to head to WembleyStadium.com if you fancy that one. Friday the 16th of June, Malta versus England. It's another Euro qualifier. With a capacity of 16,997, the Takali National Stadium in Malta will be hosting us. Now, the last time we played away to Malta was in 2017 in a World Cup qualifier where we won 4-0. Back then, England Supporters Travel Club were able to secure 4,202 tickets for away fans. And that's far more than the required 5%. And that's likely to have been secured because Malta's national team doesn't often attract attendances of 5,000 plus. And I'd see no reason why a similar allocation wouldn't be an option this time around. So if you're planning on going to an England away match this year, this one may be one of your easier options for tickets. If you're a low capper, and I'll get onto what all that means at the end of sort of this part of the the episode. You may stand a chance of getting it if you are not in the England Travel Club. Well, the only way of getting a ticket is probably in the home end, and you'll have to do that somehow through the Maltese FA or getting a ticket out there. But much like the Italy match, it's impossible to say how much tickets would be. But as a guide, the cost of a ticket in 2017 was 20 pounds. Food for thought this one. If you do intend on going to Malta, it's a small island nation, one airport, and with the game being played early in the holiday season, you may want to consider the cost of your flights and accommodation. Monday the 19th of June, England at home to North Macedonia. It's being played at Old Trafford. Not Wembley, I hear you say. No, it's not been played at Wembley because Harry Styles, uh, I believe, would have just come to the end uh, of a run of gigs for him over that period. England playing on the road in recent years has become a little bit more regular, but we've not played at the home of Manchester United since 2007. 
You may remember we lost to Spain in a friendly in February of that year. Old Trafford has a capacity of 74,310 and is situated in the Trafford part of the city. It's not far from Salford Quays. It's serviced by the Manchester Metrolink tram. Rattling through the fixtures here, aren't we? Saturday the 9th of September. Away to Ukraine. Now, with the ongoing situation in Ukraine, this game highly likely to be played outside of the country, just as Ukraine's last three home matches have been. Their Nations League fixtures against Armenia and the Republic of Ireland in June last year were both played in Lodz in Poland. And then their game against Scotland last year, September, was played in Krakow, also Poland. With this in mind, it's impossible to say what potential allocations could be. But that stadium in Lodz has a capacity of 18,029. The Armenia fixture there had an attendance of 12,503. The Ireland one, 10,641. The stadium in Krakow for the Scotland game, capacity of 15,114, and it had an attendance of 13,503. Being the hosting nation, and according to UEFA regulations, they are to submit a venue in advance of 120 days before the match is scheduled to take place. So as you can appreciate, this one is a little hard to predict. Now, a few days on from that game, Tuesday the 12th of September, England returned to Hampden Park in Glasgow to face Scotland for the first time since 2017. You remember that one? When Harry Kane scored in the last minute to secure a point in a 2-2 draw? That was on the way to qualifying for the Russia World Cup. This game is a friendly, in inverted commas, Uh, It will be the 116th meeting between the two sides in the oldest football fixture in history. Tickets will, as always, be in high demand. Scotland's National Stadium, Hampden Park, has a capacity of 51,866. Last time in 2017, England fans, we were given a generous allocation of 4,760 tickets. Priced at £45 for adults and £15 for juniors. Hamden Park is situated in the Mount Florida area of Glasgow. It's accessible by National Rail. This one, these will be in high demand. I can guarantee that. 17th of October, it's a Tuesday. England face Italy at Wembley. It's the venue, of course, where the Italians were successful in that penalty shootout in the final of Euro 2020. Obviously, as England fans, we'll be hoping that the result is more favourable this time around in a, another European Championships qualifier. We move into November, Friday the 17th, England face Malta for only the third time. Previously, we met in 1971 when England won 5-0. This was under the old Twin Towers of Wembley, rather than the new uh, stadium with the arch. And when we played them in 2016 there, we won 2-0. And a few days later, we travelled to North Macedonia and the Trus Prozeki Arena in Skopje, 
North Macedonia. This has a capacity of 33,011. And apparently it's named in honour of the Macedonian pop icon Tudor Toz Prozeki. Now, we've previously played twice here before when it was known as the Philip II National Arena. First in 2003, winning 2-1, and then in 2006, winning 1-0. Since then, the capacity has been increased, bringing it up to a UEFA Category 4 stadium. Now, 5% of 33,011 is 1,650. It's worth noting that their biggest attendance last year was against Bulgaria, that brought in 20,000. But given that the two countries are neighbours, that possibly would have had something to do with that. Georgia attracted 10,000. Finland and Azerbaijan, both played at the same ground, had attendances of 2,000 and 1,000, respectively. And that is, as of this moment in time, England's fixture list for 2023. Nine scheduled matches. It's highly likely that a few more will be added at some point in the near future. You'll have to stay close to your news feeds to hear as and when these are added and against who and where. It would be my guess that an additional fixture will be added to the international window of October. We wait and see. And following England's run at the Qatar World Cup, many people, they liked what they saw. The atmosphere, the emotion, the travelling... Seeing new places, meeting new people. And with regards to following England away, I myself get a few messages asking how it's possible to go to tournaments to watch England in action. In very layman's terms, the best way to do this is to sign up to the England Supporters Travel Club membership. This gives you the opportunity to go to away games and in time the opportunities to go to tournaments. Of course, you can do that through UEFA and FIFA and their own systems. But to stand a better chance of going to away matches, you need to build up your loyalty points or caps. And you get these by going to matches. Home or away, you'll receive two caps per game through this scheme. The more you have, the more chances you have of going to the higher profile matches or maybe those with the smaller away allocations or stadiums. And in some cases like this, the ticketing will go to a balloting system. It's best to check out the supporters' travel club terms for those finer conditions. Remember though, those with the more loyalty points or caps will have more of a priority over those with lower amounts. It is no lie when you hear people say it takes a bit of time and dedication to follow England. But from a personal experience, it is a great hobby to have. So that's the men's fixtures. The Lionesses, at this moment in time, they have seven fixtures planned. Although they only know the opponents in six of them. Stick with me, I'll explain that in a moment. First up is the Arnold Clark Cup. It's a four-team England-based tournament that was introduced last year, won by the Lionesses, I might add. And as it was last time around, it'll be played in three different grounds. It begins on Thursday the 16th of February against the Korean Republic, or South Korea. 
This will be played at Stadium MK in Milton Keynes. It's got a capacity of 30,500, and it's a ground where the Lionesses have played twice before. Then three days later, Sunday the 19th of February, they take on Italy at the Coventry Building Society Arena. Now, this is a ground of capacity of 32,753. The women have never played there before. This is a stadium formerly known as the Rico Arena or the City of Coventry Stadium. Home, or it was, uh, to Coventry City. Very complicated situation and unfortunate one that, that hopefully can be resolved very soon. Then the final match in the Arnold Clark Cup is on Wednesday the 22nd of February against Belgium. That's due to be played at Bristol City's Ashton Gate, which is a venue where the Lionesses have only played at once before, back in 2015, where they beat Bosnia and Herzegovina. Ashton Gate holds 27,000. Now, if you fancy the sound of this, of seeing the European champions in action, of course, the Lionesses, Head towards arnoldclarkcup.com to get your tickets for that one. Hopefully, this will result in the first trophy of three being lifted by the Lionesses in 2023, as the next opportunity takes place on Thursday the 16th of April at Wembley Stadium, when it hosts the Finalissima, the European champions, the Lionesses, against the South American winners, Brazil. And as I mentioned for the men's fixtures, Wembley, 90,000 capacity stadium. Tickets for this match, it appears, can still be purchased through WembleyStadium.com. Now, the Women's World Cup of 2023 is being held this year in Australia and New Zealand, and it kicks off on the 20th of July. England are in action on the 22nd of July. And this is the game where, at present, they don't know their opponents. They do know, though, it will be one of Senegal, Haiti or Chile. And they'll find out on the 22nd of February, same day as they play their final Arnold Clark Cup match. This World Cup match will be played in Australia, in Lang Park, Brisbane. A stadium with a 52,500 capacity. Uh, And from personal experience, it's a magnificent stadium. Short walk from the city's river that heads out to the coastline. Nice place, Brisbane. The next game in Group D is on the 28th of July against Denmark at the Sydney Football Stadium at Moore Park. It's a slightly smaller capacity, 42,500. I'd say this is another great stadium, which I went to some years ago, but they since knocked that one down and on the same site built a new one. If nothing else, it's got a great location. It's Sydney, isn't it? It's great. Then their final group match takes place on the 1st of August against China at the Hind Marsh Stadium in Adelaide. I'd love to give you first-hand knowledge of this ground, but it's one I never made it to. I do, however, know at present it's got a capacity of 16,500, but it is undergoing some upgrades before the World Cup takes place. With regards to tickets to see the Lionesses in the World Cup, you'll have to head over to FIFA.com and the Women's World Cup section. Undoubtedly, 
the Lionesses will have some warm-up matches before they depart for the tournament. But at the moment, opponents, dates, locations, they are still TBA. And that's all of the women's fixtures. Of course, as the year goes on and on the podcast, I will try and keep you posted, keep you informed of all the new ones that are added to the calendar. Now, as I'm sure you heard, the sad news that George Cohen passed away on the 23rd of December, aged 83. George was, of course, a member of the 1966 World Cup winning team, played as a right back. He was born on the 22nd of October 1939 in Kensington in London. and He began his career at Fulham in 1956 and continued to play for them until 1969. He was a one-club man, making 459 appearances in all, scoring six times. He became the 825th player to play for the Three Lions when he made his debut against Uruguay in a friendly in 1964. He went on to win 37 England caps, keeping Jimmy Armfield out of the side as he played a part in every minute of England's route to winning the 66 final. In 2016, Fulham... Well, they erected a statue of George outside Craven Cottage to celebrate 50 years since that final win. In later life, he suffered from bowel cancer, but became free of that in 1990. And the Cohen family is one of World Cup winners. In 2003, his nephew, Ben Cohen, was part of the England team that won the Rugby World Cup. Of course... The 1966 side are highly thought of, and rightly so. And whenever one passes in a moment like this, people ask about the remaining members. There is, of course, Sir Bobby Charlton and Sir Geoff Hurst still alive. They're the ones that remain from the starting 11 from that famous day. But it's important to remember, even back then, England had a squad of 22 players for the finals. Terry Payne, Ian Callaghan and George Eastham are also still alive. But from this podcast, I'd like to pass on my condolences to George Cohen's family and friends. Thank you as always for listening. I hope you can join me as I continue to follow the exploits of our teams throughout 2023. Coming your way very soon is another in our England Managers series. Make sure you're subscribed and you won't miss it. So until then, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.